live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. See, senor. Dimly lit room where? Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. Hey, y'all. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Vladimir Zelensky and the brave Ukrainian people, and ironically, Vladimir Putin. What is he up to exactly? What is he up to? Huh? Ferret eyed, ferret eyed weasel or weasel eyed ferret. Either way, it's hard to say. How y'all doing? Midweek, right? Wednesday, is that correct? Middle of the week? That is correct, sir. Yes, adjust accordingly. Adjust accordingly. You're as close to Friday, uh, the the weekend is the last weekend, so I don't know how you react to that. Well, personally, I'm moving toward next weekend, so the trend is in favor of next weekend. If I find myself in last weekend, number one, that'd be regrettable for several reasons. Uh, Number two, an unlikely uh, and we're living in a world where uh, Will Smith still roams the streets. So keep your doors locked and uh, your hands up in a defensive position. So uh, do you? Don't you think that if it turns out Russia is jerking everybody around with any of this talk of pulling back and negotiating, if it sh- if it shows that they really are, as the president said yesterday, and a number of other people, if Russia is actually not pulling back at all, they're just re jiggering the who they're going to pummel and kill mm-hmm. then then where are we then isn't it over there's no more even taking his phone call is there what's the point of even uh, talking to him ever again if this turns out to be a lie well you hope to force him into a position where he is so uh, battered um so desperate that you think he is going to be sincere next time that's the only choice but to your to your you know general question Every single word from the Russians until now about negotiated settlements and the rest of it has been completely fake and disingenuous. So it's an enormous leap that the Ukrainians are not making, by the way, to believe that, oh, this time they're sincere and they're looking for a peace deal. He is pretty pummeled and battered, though. I mean, there's that's just a reality. Yeah, yeah. I read some great analysis, though, that this is very reminiscent of the campaign in Chechnya, where they encountered fierce resistance. They were forced back. They had a fair number of casualties. Not not on this level, but uh, they fell back. They started detaining people. They threw bombs at them when necessary. They recruited uh, uh, friendlies and, and just slowly but surely uh, took over the region. Although the Chechens were not being supplied by the U.S., France, Germany, and all the other big nations of the earth, uh, which makes pretty nor good were they being trained in Poland like the Ukrainians. Wait a minute! No, they're not. They're absolutely not being trained in Poland. Absolutely, yes, they are. No, they're not. NBC was reporting that now nine Russian generals have died in this battle, which is unheard of. Unheard of. In giant, long-lasting wars, where you'd lose, would one side would lose nine generals. That just does not happen. 
Yeah, it's absolutely extraordinary. And has been said by many, it speaks to the lack of cohesion and morale among the, the Russian forces, which makes the next chapter of this so mysterious and so difficult to predict. The New York Times is reporting the Pentagon's doing a deep dive, and how did we get it so wrong thinking they had this world-class military, and it turns out they're so sucky? How are we so wrong? Because you certainly wouldn't want to be wrong the other direction. It's worth figuring out. Right, right, yeah. Well, better to err to the side of caution, I would agree, but it's a, it's a pretty big swing and a miss. Yeah, God, I would say so. And uh, what was the one other thing? I was going to Pentagon, and they really suck. Nine generals. There was one other thing. I can't remember what it was. It'll the pop negotiations? Back into my head. Uh, no? Okay. It'll pop back into my head, such as being over 50. Just uh, you know, thoughts leave you, and you're standing there in the living room. I know I came in here for some reason. And you're all Joe Biden-like, shuffling around. Bad, I'm out of kef care, I say to my kids. And then I walk Flat back out. Bad, care. And then I walk back you out of the room. sniff somebody's hair. You whisper <laughs> creepily. And you leave the room. Uh, <laughs> right. Oh, he unleashed a creepy, creepy whisper yesterday. I think it was yesterday. We have the tape of it. Why does he think that's effective? Who told him it is? <laughs> oh, it just weirds me out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um... They're actually rationing gas in Germany, the biggest economy in Europe is rationing gas. The voters of Germany should be livid that their stupid, stupid government attached them to Russia the way they did over the years. But I suppose the voters were aware of that, and they were all for it. Just yeah, let's let's uh, let's let's completely rely on a uh, uh, an evil dictator and and be at the whim of whatever he decides he wants to do. Well, I hate to uh, pummel the American media, but, you know, that's a muscles, that's a set of muscles that's really well developed. I'm like the guy who only does arms day at the gym and never does legs day. That's every He's guy. He's got big old arms. That's but... every guy at the gym. <laughs> uh, anyway, but how about the, gosh, what was it, nigh on two decades, the American media spent lionizing Angela Merkel. As this sophisticated, tough woman leader, and yet she was a internationalist, reaching out, building bridges to Russia, and the rest of it she could do no wrong. Yeah, she turned Germany into a junkie for Russian energy, imperiling the world. If the, the nuclear thing, which is look, looking a little less likely these days, but who knows? Uh, you know, if there was a nuclear holocaust. It's 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 mother was Angela Merkel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, she should go down in history as uh, the leader of that. That just and, and and the same thing that we've done in the United States. Luckily, with not the uh, the consequences, we're rationing gas, but full capability to supply all of our own energy, and then deciding not to for just the stupidest of unicorn gestures. I've got some information about the the realities of energy. A guy who studies it for a lifetime, and he put out yesterday something like 15 facts that nobody disputes. And several of them are shocking, shocking the reality of energy in the world, and that we still make all these weird gestures about this green stuff. We're not even close to that being a big deal. It is so not adult 
It's insane. I've got a, a, a beating I want to administer, too. I'm going to go Will Smith on that as well. <laughs> oh, jeez. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm completely down with that. So you're thinking Will Smith's going to become a verb? Going to go Will Smith on that? or Let's let's, let's go Will Smith on this, uh, this quarter, people, sales guys. Let's get out there and really go Will Smith on things. It's already happened. Yeah. Oh, really? Awesome. Uh, let's Jack, start to... if, if we say it, it's real. Let's start the show officially. I'm Jack I'm Armstrong. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm... If we say it, it's real. It's real if we say it. That is creepy when people do that. <laughs> unless you're, unless that tone of voice is, is 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 up against my ear and saying, "Let's go into the bedroom." Don't do it. I don't. This is not. There's no reason to do that. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday, March 30th, of the year 2022. We're Armstrong and Getty. New you in 22. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve this program. Let's leap into action, then slapping down the issues of the day precisely according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. That's not right. That's not fair. (laughs) My skin crawls. (laughs) Who didn't tell him that was a good idea? (sighs) By the way, something. We mentioned how Chris Rock is going out on tour. His first show is tonight, wherever he is on his tour. And uh, so he'll almost guaranteed he's going to be. He can't go out there on stage and... Can you believe marriage? Marriage is hard. You know, he can't, he can't just ignore. No, not a chance. <laughs> so, so and, some of you are going to like these jokes. Some of you are not going to like them. But don't go to slapping the S out of it. I, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. To, and I'm sure it'll leak out on some level how he approached it. But the, the ticket sure? prices went from like $40 to $340 for your minimum tickets to see him on this tour. Uh, anyway. Uh, so how's mailbag look? Oh, it's uh, very nice. Very nice. Fine start to the show. <laughs> All right. And the, the realities of it. You're going to like it. The realities of the world. You really like God, it. God, that does actually <laughs> Come on. gives me like weird chills in my neck. Uh, we have lots of stuff for you. Text line 415-295-KFTC. streaming service called CNN Plus, whatever the hell that is. We'll have to talk about that later because I just can't imagine. I have failed to imagine the success of many modern things. I'm not the only one, but uh, it's hard for me to imagine what CNN Plus is going to offer the world that anybody would subscribe to and pay monthly for. But more on that later. Yeah, it's for the crowd that watches CNN all day and wishes, gosh, I wish there were more of this. Well, they hired some heavyweights, Chris Wallace among them, to come over there, and uh, mm-hmm. more on that later. Here's your freedom-loving quotes of the day, a couple from Churchill, one that's silly but fun, and the other one I think is really a, a great discussion starter. First of all, he said, I like pigs. Dogs look up to us. Cats look down to us. Pigs treat us as equals. <laughs> <laughs> Pigs are delicious too, mm. uh, Mr. Vice President or uh, Vice President, uh, Prime Minister, sir. Uh, then he said this: If we open a quarrel between the past and the present, we shall find that we have lost the future. He's talking about the 
endless arguing and investigation of past actions and administrations and that sort of thing. And the reason it's such an interesting discussion starter, in my opinion, is, boy, there's a real balance between recognizing the truth of that. I mean, for instance, uh, I will tell you, Trump's obsession with the last election is what will keep him from being the president again, if indeed he ever wants to be. If he could move past that, I think he's got a serious shot at getting reelected. If he can't, zero chance. Right, and 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 it lost uh, the Georgia Senate seats, and and there are other examples, and it might lose the Georgia uh, gubernatorial election this time. Obsession with the past. On the other hand, there's the question of holding uh, people accountable, especially people in government, for malfeasance, dishonesty, theft. Uh, you know, uh, dereliction of duty, that sort of thing. Tough balance. We mostly don't. We mostly just move forward. Whatever happened with the last administration, whatever. Let's keep going forward. Undeniably true, yeah. Here's your mailbag. Did you know? You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Drop us a note, uh, share your opinion, an anecdote perhaps. Uh, keep it short. Or if there's something we ought to be talking about, send it along. <clears throat> this is a nice note from Mike, blissfully living outside Portlandia in Beaverton. Uh, with all the talk the last two days about Will Smith and the Oscars, I can't believe Michael hasn't hit us with the drop of Kanye saying, I still don't understand award shows. Oh, yeah. I'm not angry, Michael. Just disappointed. Yeah, that is a good one. Kanye, who's run up on stage at award shows himself, didn't hit anybody. Right. Just dissed uh, Taylor Swift. Then he signs off I-Y-M-A-H-O-T-S-T-H. If you miss an hour of the show, try harder. Mike. Thank you, Mike. Uh, All's fair in love and war, writes uh, Wild Bill in Springfield, Missouri. So when Putin finally gets finished with Ukraine, can he just simply call for a season of healing? Right? Good one. Exactly. Like Jada Pinkett Smith. Uh, let's see. This is, uh, William. On today's program, you asked the question of why Smith slapped Rock instead of punching him with a closed fist. I've been a correctional officer for 20 years and believe I have the answer. Between prisoners, a man will punch a man, but slap anybody they consider a biatch, a person they consider less than a man. Therefore, by choosing to slap, he was adding insult to injury. There were a couple of folks with experience in the prison system who sent that same thought. Well, that, that, I, I don't doubt their experience in the prison system. I'm not sure I believe that Will Smith is, is, is living the, the prison lifestyle. I'm not sure of that. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty good point. Um, and it He's could been a be... wealthy, famous, uh, privileged movie star since he was like 18? Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure he's got the star. Whole, I'm not sure he's got the whole prison dis thing like so in, ingrained in his thinking that that's what he did. But who knows? Yeah, if his pants are sagging, it's because he forgot his five hundred dollar belt and right. his forty million dollar home. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, you know, having rewatched the thing, Chris Rock is a foot taller or, or shorter, fifty pounds lighter, and had his hands behind his back, and is fifty seven. Yeah, yeah, my gosh. Will Smith is a maniac. It is a, ha- mm. again, I, you know, <laughs> we're on day four of this or whatever. The fact that they didn't make Will Smith leave is crazy. You walked up to someone at a work function while their hands were behind their back and hit them in the face. That Sucker makes, punched that him. Makes Sucker you, slapped him. That makes you a lunatic, a dangerous yes, lunatic. Indeed, indeed, Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Nice note from Michelle here. 
Uh, watching the discussion of the new Florida bill from Ron DeSantis explanation to the media, then to Hollywood reminds me of the childhood game of telephone. Something true is said by the end. It's so twisted. It's unrecognizable. Seems like everything, nearly everything in our society right now. Fun when kids are playing it. Not so much when the media does. Mm. That's Michelle. It's a good point. Michelle, thank you. How about this? Drew the Millennial. As a result of Joe Biden's most recent legislative victory, we are no longer allowed to lynch people. Yeah, that's right. It's a federal crime now. However, we are apparently still allowed to stone heretics and draw and quarter gypsies. Love the show. I don't believe that's true, Drew the Millennial. See, those things are already horrendous crimes. Oh, so is lynching. I see your point. Yeah, what a gesture. Yeah, I know. As if anybody was okay with lynching anywhere in America before yesterday. And then on the study that showed that any uh, light on you while you're sleep is sleeping is terrible for your health. It keeps your nervous system from shutting down in the way it's supposed to. It affects all sorts of uh, systems in your body, including your insulin processing system. I, sh- I uh, shut off my son's uh, light last night after he fell asleep. He usually likes to leave it on. Uh, just a, a, a dim light over in the corner. I turned it off last night. I'll be interested to see if it has any effect on his sleep. Anyway, Alice says, I discovered years ago while staying in a hotel that the green light on the smoke detector kept waking me up. I had already covered the microwave and alarm clock, so the room was pretty dark. I found the red night lights give enough light for late night trips to the bathroom without waking me up. That was one of the tips in the article, actually. Go with red slash orange light as opposed to blue-green. You have a red light on in your bedroom, you're going to get sailors visiting you, aren't you? (laughs) Well, what the heck? Maybe maybe you'd like a sailor to come by in the middle of the night. I don't know. Girls girls just want to have fun. Sure. Come well, people get lonely. Woman has needs, please. Some realities of the energy sector as uh, Germany is looking into gas rationing. And our gas is crazy expensive. If you miss an hour of the show, get the podcast armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Will looked at him and smacked him. It was really great. Other people should do that. Will Smith is a really great guy. And I love what he did to the wise guy. So, Will Smith, I congratulate you. That was great. I only wish you hit him harder. (laughs) Is that real? Somebody sent us a link to that and said uh, it's authentic. It sounds edited to me. It sounds almost like, uh, what's that technology they use that they can reproduce your voice? They get the uh, the tones and the just the inflection and everything right and then can put words in your mouth. Sounds deep fakey to me. It sounds edited as a guy who's in the business. Uh, and uh, I think if Trump had actually said that, it would have been an explosive story in the last 24 hours. If he came down on the side of, you know, the person hitting the other person on stage, yeah, that would have been, you kidding, the mainstream media would have gone nuts on that story. So, no, I don't believe that for a second. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm a little interested, though, in those of you who believe everything you come across on the Internet. Every Mark Twain quote, every, look, Abraham Lincoln predicted Tesla. I mean, everything you come across, you believe. Every, I just, I don't, I'm, I'm interested in that crowd. Yeah, I don't know. You're just, just so enthusiastic about a certain belief that if it 
I don't know. I don't like to be jerked around, even if I would love something to be true. That and this often happens. I would love it if you know this article were true, this video were true, whatever. But I just I don't like to be jerked around. So I, I put a fair amount of effort into figuring out whether it is real or not. Yeah, agreed completely. You got a combination of some people don't have the skepticism, Gene. Some people just are so anxious for something that reinforces their beliefs. And um and, and uh, yeah, I don't know. So, um, we get it all the time, though, via email, dozens and dozens and dozens of stuff that's inauthentic. Yeah. Huh. Um, Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I knew I had a third thought. And the third thought is, uh, it's interesting that uh, there's a certain crowd that rejects absolutely everything that's accepted by the majority. And, oh, yeah. And, and immediately embraces anything that seems like it makes them in the very yeah. few people who are in the know. You're right. That's an ego thing. That is an interesting aspect of it. So your willingness to believe things that most people go, wait a second, is that real? But you're, but you won't believe it if, you know, we, the New York Times and Washington Post all said it at the same time. Nah, no way. That's true. Right. Hmm. Okay. Um, I don't know if I know Alec Epstein's act. There are too many people in the world. Yes, agreed. I can't know all the people. He's a blue check mark. Uh, he's got a new book coming out. He's an energy expert. He's been doing this forever. Well respected in the science and technology field. Writes for Substack. He's got a new book coming out called the uh, the Moral Case for Fossil Fuels. Fossil Future Founder. Industrialprogress.com. But the Moral Case for Fossil Fuels, which obviously was going to be controversial because... All of your corporate media is fully on board with that's yesterday, man. Green energy is the future. Well, the book is supposed to come well, out. And uh, generations of school children are being taught that they're going to die. Oh, that's true. Because of climate change. That's true. My, my kids are convinced because they've been told that since they were tiny little kids. Not by me, but by kids, school. You're going to die in a fire. Now it's time for spelling because of your, your work. Because of your daddy's big truck. That's um, right. Uh, so I came across this yesterday, this Alec Epstein, who put out a whole bunch of interesting facts that I'm about to get to. But there's a new wrinkle just today as he tweeted out warning tomorrow. And I don't know if that means today. I guess tomorrow. No, today. Tomorrow, the Washington Post plans to cancel me in my new book, Fossil Future, by publishing a 100 percent slanderous hit piece labeling me as a racist Please join me in calling the Post to spike the piece, fire the journalist, and publicly apologize. So the Washington Post has got a, a piece out today calling his book racist. And wow. Tim Sandifer, among others, has responded to that whole thing of, um, uh, and we'd have to get into the book, which is off the topic of what I want to do. But it, the idea that not allowing all of these developing nations around the world to get into fossil fuels is about as racist as you could get. No, 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 no. You need to be green, you, you, know, you up-and-coming new country. You can't do um, it the way we do. Our children are starving. Uh, we got no schools over here. We really need oil. You can't do it the way we big countries have been doing it for 150 years. You need to be green, which seems kind of racist to me, uh, or certainly not fair. But anyway, the thing I wanted to get into was this, because I found some of these pretty interesting. 17 surprising facts about energy. I'm not going to do them all, because some of them were too technical for them to be interesting. But he said, in 14 years of researching the big picture of energy, environment, and climate, I've learned many facts that the media never mentioned, even though very few expert researchers dispute them. And these facts permanently changed my thinking about energy. The first one is one that you've talked about before, and I don't think enough people are aware of. Fossil fuels are uniquely cost-effective. 
The only form of energy that can provide every type of energy need, electricity, mobility, industrial heat, residential heat, at a very low cost, on demand for billions of people. That's why we've been using fossil fuels forever, and that's why we're still using mostly fossil fuels. They're so freaking like God invented them, Um, uh, but perfect for using for energy. They are miraculously potent. A very small amount of oil can produce an enormous amount of energy. And all different kinds of energy. And you can move it around easily. Mm -hmm. Uh, To that point, another one of his facts, after a hundred years of vigorous competition from alternatives, because obviously if you came up with an alternative, you'd become a gazillionaire. After a hundred years of trying to do this, fossil fuels provide 80% of the world's energy today, including over 90% of the world's transportation energy. So, hey, green people, I think you're right in the future. Many, many years from now, we'll mm-hmm. be on something green. But right now, 90% of the world's transportation energy is provided by fossil fuels. You can't just interrupt that all of a sudden. I have a question, Professor, a question. Are unicorn farts considered a fossil fuel because they're a gas? Uh, this one, I uh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this fact, but it's interesting. <laughs> Not dignifying my question with an answer, apparently. Only one-fifth of the world uses what Americans would consider a modest amount of energy. Three billion people... We have 7 billion people on the planet, so what is that, 40%. 3 billion people use less electricity than the typical American refrigerator. Wow. That is something. Uh, We like our energy over here. We got stuff going on. Sorry you don't got any. I got places to go. I got air conditioning to run. Another fun fact, nuclear energy is the safest form of energy ever created by man. Yes, it is, unquestionably. Also a fact, nuclear energy is the cleanest form of energy ever created by man. Um, the fact that we don't use more of it is absolutely incredible. One of my favorite quotes is, it's the only form of energy whose waste is contained, 100% contained. Uh, right. Um, there is no low-cost, scalable way in existence or on the horizon, even theoretical, of capturing CO2 even though it's talked about all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's see if there's one more that I wanted to hit you with. Bup, 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 bup. Oh, climate-related disaster deaths have decreased 98% over the last century. Hmm. Partially just because we build, you know, houses and buildings and all that sort of stuff are better built, and we can see storms coming. Absolutely, and we can whisk people away from the danger areas much more effectively than we could in, uh, say, uh, 1922. Uh, despite claims that the world is too hot, and I'll constantly hearing this is the hottest uh, year we've ever had and that sort of thing, cold-related deaths far exceed heat-related deaths. I didn't know that. Wow. Wow. Well, wait a minute. Now, I'm not going to make the argument that if the globe were to warm, that would be a great thing. But clearly, in terms of preventing deaths in the near term, that would be a great thing. Right, yeah, if you're just concerned about deaths. Anyway, when he gets his book come out to the extent that it'll get any uh, you know, play, since uh, they've decided to call him racist because he's arguing for fossil fuels and, ooh, nuclear energy, ooh, scary. Oh, Jackson Brown told me that was dangerous. 
Jackson Brown, the singer, not Brown Jackson, the Supreme Court justice. Correct. Okay. I'm starting to get that straight. I'm starting to get that straight in my head. And Bruce Springsteen said he was right. Oh, you know, what? the one thing I didn't bring home yesterday, was it yesterday or Monday when I was talking about the uh, the skyrocketing inputs of, vers- of virtually every single, um, well, input to farming? The skyrocketing price of all those inputs from uh, propane to diesel to uh, pesticides to herbicides to, uh, uh, what was the big one? Uh, I skipped it. Oh, fertilizer. Mm. Everything is skyrocketing in price to the point that the authors of this uh, report sent to us by one of our uh, most serious and and brainy friends uh, said um, that they see a global historic famine coming. The greatest crisis in modern agriculture ever. I hope they're wrong about this. Well, I do, too. And and actually, they say at the end of it, they hope they're wrong, too, but they don't think they are. And I I failed to bring it home because, again, I I think a a green future, a renewable energy future, a non-fossil fuel future is a wonderful idea. We're so far from it. I mean, we're miles and miles and miles away from it. 90% of the transportation in the world is still fossil fuels. So we're not even close but to bring it home, they say, we believe we are on the onset of a global famine of historic proportions. In a staggering defiance of logic, many U.S. politicians are still attacking the lifeblood of our own energy production infrastructure, looking to score political points against the other team, blaming price-taking producers of global commodities for gouging, threatening producers with of energy with windfall profit taxes, resisting calls to remove bureaucratic hurdles to new production, and refusing to open an introductory physics textbook, open an introductory physics textbook, to help guide them through the sweet policy choices that require true leadership to get right. They remain stuck in an endless loop of platitudes, brain blamestorming, corruption, and ignorance. And the reason he says that is because all of those inputs that we're talking about, from the fertilizer to the herbicides, et cetera, um, and, and propane and diesel fuel, which is one I left out, they are all products and byproducts of fossil fuel production. And they have enabled the agriculture, modern agriculture, that feeds the world. And if we cut off the energy production, we cut off all of those byproducts that that fuel literally farming and it could result in this farm that's right Mitt. it could result in a global freaking famine and yet uh, the the platitudes and the clever twitter posts and the rest of it it's just awful so the white house has been asked about the will smith incident they say they've not seen the video so they're withholding judgment um (laughs) i came across this yesterday that if you have commented at all on it as a white person you are by definition racist so oh, maybe, no. Maybe we can get to that oh, at some point. No, I tried so hard not to be a racist. <laughs> Among other things we can get to. Coming up, stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Before we do a little update on where things stand in Ukraine, because that still has the opportunity to explode into a nuclear war between the United States and Russia. 
Uh, Amy Schumer has been triggered and traumatized by the Will Smith slap. Hopefully she recovers soon. No. Disney no longer going to say boys and girls at the park? Okay. Right. And uh, one other thing. Oh, if you've commented on the Will Smith thing at all and you're white, you're a racist and... Hmm. You know, I'm all about fashion, as anybody who's ever seen me knows. Um, the hottest new thing is Delicore. Got to tell you about Delicore so you can be uh, trained. <laughs> Baloney pants and such? Well, I'll have to stay tuned. Baloney also, pants. Next hour, and if you don't get the next hour, uh, grab it via podcast, wherever you like to get podcasts, or armstrongandgetty.com. We'll talk to Major Mike Lyons about Ukraine. Also, uh, I hope to squeeze in a Tsunami of Wokeness Schools edition. So uh, good stuff to come. Where are we in Ukraine in terms of the motivation of the Ukrainian military versus the Russian military? Here's the former NATO Supreme Commander to tell us. Think uh, of yourself. All of us should consider what we would feel like if we were on the front lines of this battle. If you're Ukrainian, who is behind you? Your children, your spouse, your parents, your elders, your cities, your civilization, you are utterly motivated in that fight. Go to the other side of the battlefield. Think of the Russians, many of them conscripts, all of them looking behind them. What do they see? Well, first, they might see a dead general back there because nine generals have been killed, kind of unheard of in a conflict like this. So you're not seeing that coherency of chain of command. And deep behind you, who do you see? You see the smiling face of Vladimir Putin, not exactly an inspirational figure that you are willing to march into battle and die for. I believe it was him that goes on to say that the conscript, uh, that's your your force to go into the military uh, ends April 1st and they got a new round that's supposed to be signing up and there are reports that people are not showing up to their uh, required you start April 1st conscription in well, Russia. Not shockingly, this round of draftees that's been fighting was told they're just going to be on a training exercise and they were utterly uh, befuddled and horrified when they were sent into Ukraine. This next round, especially because younger people in Russia are more connected than the older folks to the international media, the Internet, the rest of it, and they know how to get around the censors, uh, they know what they're headed for. Well, who knows what numbers are right or what not, but if there's anything close to the 40,000 soldiers... That was being reported last week, 40,000 Russian soldiers that have either died, been wounded, or, you know, uh, gone AWOL. That's a lot of people. It'd be hard to keep that quiet back home. Oh, yeah, absolutely true. So the big development in the Ukraine conflict, the invasion of Ukraine, is the the now much uh, hotter peace talks. The Russians serious now about talking uh, to Vladimir Zelensky about neutrality and and the Donbass region, and, and, and the rest of it. Um, uh, but there are now a number of voices, uh, you know, a few hours passed after everybody got excited about that, saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute, a couple of things. Number one, Russia, if they're negotiating at all in good faith, are only doing so because they have to. Because, yeah, they're saying, don't worry, we're not going to invade Kiev. Well, yeah, there's a damn good reason they're not going to invade Kiev or try to take Kiev, because they can't. So maybe now is not the time to give in to them. The second thing is Putin has a history of this in various conflicts where he simply reassesses, regroups and thinks, OK, we can't roll over them with tanks. Let's just bomb every living human being uh, out there. 
Um, the idea being to so depopulate the southern part of the country, the port cities, the rest of it, that there's nobody to defend it, and and there are no you know humans to to motivate the soldiers. They're just defending real estate at that point. Then Russia gets that uh, land bridge to Crimea. It gets those port cities. It's perfectly happy with the outcome, um, and that's no negotiation that Ukraine can can put up with. Mm-hmm. Plus, you don't want to reward that sort of behavior. And that would be an enormous reward. Sure. Uh, Brett Stevens in the New York Times wrote a piece, What If Putin Didn't Miscalculate, in which he makes um, a couple of those points. Um, and he says the conventional wisdom is entirely pa- plausible. Putin got his ass kicked. He's reassessing. He realizes he can't take the country, so he's looking for a face-saving exit, right? Mm-hmm. But what if the conventional wisdom is wrong? What if the West is only playing into Putin's hands once again? The possibility is suggested in a powerful reminiscence from um, the Russian siege, uh, siege of Grozny in Chechnya during the first Chechen war in the mid-'90s. In the early phases of the war, motivated Chechen fighters wiped out Russian armor brigades, stunning Moscow, Russians regrouped and wiped out Grozny from afar using artillery and air power. Same playbook they're using today. And Putin was running that, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he he hasn't forgotten that experience. And then he mentions, Brett Stevens mentions, uh, combine that with Russia's previous territorial seizures in Crimea. Oh, I'm sorry. He, his point was, uh, for a moment, suppose that Putin never intended to conquer all of Ukraine, that from the beginning his real targets were the energy riches of Ukraine's east, which contain Europe's second largest known reserves of natural gas, after Norway's. Combine that with Russia's previous territorial seizures in Crimea, which has huge offshore energy fields, the eastern provinces of Luhansk and Donetsk, which contain part of an enormous shale gas field, and the bid to control most of the coastline. That's all he wanted. Mm. That'd be a heck of a reward, like you said, if the if the world said, okay, you can keep that. Yeah, that's not what you want to tell authoritarians around the world. Tsunami of wokeness, hour two? That sounds pretty good. Armstrong and Getty.